Turn, if you would, good morning. We've already had some church. We had church before church. We had in the front lines prayer this morning. We always have front lines prayer uh, Sunday morning from 9 to 10. And uh, this morning uh, in front lines prayer, we had church there. Man, God showed up. This will be the second message I preached this morning. Is that not right? Yeah. Yeah. The third message. This will be the third message maybe. Glory to God. (laughs) Thank you. Everybody's invited. I got a message this week. Praise God. Um, Miss Lisa, she said, can I come to Frontline's Prayer? I said, absolutely. Everybody's invited. Actually, we need you there. We need your supply. The word says one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put ten thousand. There's something special that happens when believers come together and they join their supply of prayer and faith. Uh, All of a sudden you become very, very powerful. And the Lord says this, when you're in unity, this is in Psalms 133. When you're in unity, he says that's the place like where the Lord commands the blessing. He commands the blessing. Now, I I would say that there's a difference between a commanded blessing and a released blessing. Uh, Salvation is a blessing that's released. Not everybody necessarily gets it. They have to, they, the blessing is there. They can get it freely, but they have to apply their own faith. But a commanded blessing, you can't stop. A commanded blessing, you can't stop and nobody else does because it's coming out of the mouth of God. He's commanding it to be so. And he says, when you get in unity, he commands the blessing. So what do we need to do when we come together to pray? Don't we need to be a house of prayer, right? Why? Because, and matter of fact, Jesus said, my house will be known as a house of prayer, right? Why? Because when we pray, we come together in unity. What happens? God says, look at my people in unity, praying over the will of God. And he from heaven commands the blessing on that place. We need to come together. It's important. Uh, Recently, when I was in Africa, I was at Bishop uh, David Oyedepo's church. And uh, if you're not familiar with that church, uh, it's just a small church. Um, they, they have, I was in the service, there was 100,000 people there. And uh, it, let me just tell you, that sounds really cool when they start worshiping Jesus, 100,000 people together. That's pretty awesome. I just want to tell you, I was sitting there going, oh my goodness, this is a piece of what heaven's going to feel like. Amen. Oh, oh man, it was awesome. But what they did, they really have had some success in uh, the ministry, obviously. And, um, but one of the things he said is, you need, he said, pastors, you need a regiment of prayer in your ministry. You must have a regiment of prayer. Uh, this is something that I want us to make sure that we uphold. And, of course, we've been doing Frontline's Prayer for quite some time. And when we first started, we just had two or three of us. I mean, if it was me and Nicole and the girls, we were doing good, you know. And uh, But then it grew. I don't know. There was 20 or 30 people here this morning. And uh, it needs to be uh, that we come together in that unity and pray out the things of God. Pray that the will of God be done, not just for Boomerang, but in individuals' lives and and uh, stuff like that. Also, one of the things that I want to see is the first time I really said it, but the Lord, when he said you need to have a regiment of prayer, 
one of the things that he showed us, uh, showed me right there, was that uh, we need our life groups to take on a little bit more prayer. Yeah. There needs to be a weekly time of prayer, specifically for that prayer in those life groups. Uh, life groups uh, do so much. They, you, know, you can't complete everything that needs to happen in a ministry just on Sunday morning. Amen. And uh, the other part of that really happens at life groups. And if you're not connected to one, you need to be connected yep, to one. Yep. And uh, I got word right now, we're getting ready to have a new life group. Uh, it's deforming as we speak uh, in Norwood and uh, the Norwood area. And so if you're in that area, it's time. Get ready. In Jesus' yep. name, it's going to be awesome. Amen. And uh, we don't know all the details yet, but I know it's supposed to happen by the Spirit. And we've started talking about that. And so if you're in Norwood area, get ready. It's going to be good. And uh, there's going to be some new life groups coming too. And uh, we're just, those life groups are going to grow. Their strength is going to grow. Their family is going to, that family and each one is going to grow. It's going to be awesome. And uh, God is doing some great things in that. And uh, there's things that happen there that you need to be a part of. And so just wanted to throw some of that out. That's your church growing. And that's the Lord blessing your church. Amen. It's going to be awesome. Glory to God. So amen. Well, turn to uh, 2 Kings chapter 3. Amen. We'll, uh, at the end, we'll take up the offering. We're doing it a little bit different today. And I do, I, I have to go and catch a plane as soon as the service is over. You know, I don't know who did my booking this time, but they scheduled me to have to leave as soon as service is over to get to the airport. Um, that was me. And, um, but it was, <laughs> um, I cut it tight, but it's all right. It'll be good. But I, I got to run just as soon as service is over. Uh, if y'all get a long-winded preacher, pray for him, okay? And um, amen. <laughs> this story, <laughs> I appreciate that little giggle there, Miss Bivens. <laughs> um, family is fun. Is God's so fun. Amen. You know, there's a whole lot of church people that don't know how to relax in the presence of God. Yeah. You know, that's been a problem ever since Exodus chapter 20. The whole family of God, God wanted them to come to the mountain. And Moses said, come on, let's go to the mountain. They saw the rumbling and the power of God. And they saw the fire and the thunder and everything. And the Israelites started putting it in reverse. Yeah. Beep, beep, beep. And they were backing up, right? And, uh, but, and right at that point, thank you for laughing at that. I always find that joke funny, Johnny. I appreciate that. Nobody laughs anymore. It's like I might have told it too much, but it's still funny to me. I appreciate the giggle. Anyway, um, but yeah, the point is, no, that's good. Hey, look, let me tell y'all, the joy of the Lord hitting you, that's not going to scare me. It won't get me off the anointing. It'll get me more in the anointing. I, you let it go, okay? Relaxing in the presence of God, that's an awesome thing. And amen every now and then, I might get fired up if you do it. I mean, it, <laughs> it's okay. You, this is what I was saying. A lot of people in church just become so stiff and rigid, and there's almost no life in it anymore. There's, there's almost no family. It's so stiff, and, and I mean, you just tap that thing and it breaks. Well, we're not designed to break. 
We're designed to be able to carry a great load, not fracture under the pressure. That takes the elasticity of the joy of the Lord. Amen? Amen. It takes the joy of the Lord that will help us to be flexible. Oh, that, that old big problem came up again. Pfft, that's nothing. Big deal. God's a big God. He's got this thing. Well, we need some of the joy of the Lord that helps keep that life flowing, right? We need some of the oil of the Holy Ghost, right? Uh, go, go real quick. We're going to get to 2 Kings. Go to Romans 15, 13. Romans 15, 13. Watch this. Hey, y'all, watch this. Now may the God of hope, the God of hope. Now, Bible hope and how we use the word hope today is different. How we use the word hope today is really like luck. Like, well, I hope it goes your way, right? It's kind of like maybe it'll fall your way, maybe it won't. I hope, I luck, it falls that way. That's not what hope is in the Bible. Hope in the Bible, if you actually study it out, it, it was totally different. It actually was the opposite of that. It's joy, confidence. It's confident, right? And an expectation. When's this thing going to happen? It's going to happen any minute. I'm expecting it to any I know it's going to happen any minute. And I'm happy about it. Amen. You know? And, and all of a sudden, the joy of the Lord comes in, right? This is the... Now, and look what he's saying. He's saying, this is who he is. The God of joy. The God of confidence. The God of expectation. Haven't we, haven't we painted God to be a lot different than yep. that? Yep. Isn't God in America and yep. in many of the churches in America, isn't he different than that? Yep. What, what's painted? They paint him as... Big and mad and angry and God forbid you mess up. Watch out for lightning bolts. I mean, we even joke about it. We're like somebody says something out, out of line. They're like, I'm getting away from you before the lightning happens, right? And we joke about it because we truly have seen the Lord like that. Like God sitting up in the clouds like Zeus just waiting for you to mess up. Come on, just just do it. Do it, Doyle. Just, just, you just touched that sin. I that's the way we got our, in our mind the picture of God. That's not who God is. He's the God of hope. Doesn't that, does your Bible say the same thing mine does? Does it say? Did it say it up there? If it says it up there, it's got to be right. Now may the God of hope. It says it on the screen. God of hope. The God of joy. What does joy look like? What would be, if you had joy, what would the manifestation of that be? There it is right there. That's the manifestation of joy. You know that you can carry this all the time. You can carry that joy. Stuff can come up. It can look big. You just carry a joy. You just carry a joy of the Holy Ghost. Nothing bothers me. Amen. I mean, I, I, Nicole and I, we face attacks all the time in different ways. You know, I mean, it's just constant. But it, there's something. It, 
you know, I just, we just don't pay attention to them anymore. What we do is we pay attention to the God of hope. All right, God, this is who you are. Now may the God of hope, of joy, and, and he's the God of hope. Hope is joyful, confident. Is it the God of maybe so? The God of might be so? No, it's a confidence. It's the God of, yeah, yeah. it's going to happen. He said, every one of my promises mm-hmm. are yes Come and on. amen. Yes, and so amen. be it. Amen. Not amen. might will be. He yeah. says, if I made you a promise, I've already declared a yes. Amen. Before you can even ask it, he's going, yes and amen. That means amen means so be it. In other words, God's saying, let it be so. Just the same way he said, light be, he's saying, yes, be. And we have confidence. Now, see, if we walk around with a lack of joy, with a lack of confidence, with a lack of expectation that God's going to do those things, then by our own spiritual authority, we basically put up the stop sign to God. Now, isn't that dangerous? I mean, we literally, in this... It, it is funny and it's not, but it literally, we're like, God talked to the hand. That's what we're doing. When we don't expect him to come through, that's what we're saying. Now, how rude would that be? I mean, just think about it. How rude would that be to the creator of the universe? And yet, when we don't allow joy and a confidence and an expectation to flood our heart, That's exactly what we're doing. And by our own spiritual authority, we stop the blessings of God. We stop the promises from being in our life. Do you know how much we do this? A lot more than what you think. A lot more than what we think. A lot more. The longer I've walked in this, the more I've realized, oh my goodness, I want to kick my own self in the tail because of how stupid I've been. Because I didn't see God as a God of hope. I saw him as an angry God, an angry Lord. You know, I'm just thinking here, I'm, I'm just thinking this morning, like I think we're supposed to pray for people before I even get into the message today. I thought, well, maybe we'll have three or four people that come up. My goodness. Left and right, from the left side to the right side. People needed the God of hope to show up in their life. Well, guess what? Do you think he did? Oh, yeah. oh he did. He did. And not everybody did I ask, but several people said, you feel that? That's the God of hope showing up in your life. And here's what he's saying to you. Yes, I see you. I love you. I will pour out on you. I will not leave you hopeless. I will not leave you helpless. I have not left you as an enemy. I've not left you as a sinner. I have adopted you as my child. And I want to pour good things in you. When Jesus came into the world in Luke chapter 2, the angel didn't show up and say, Oh world, you better watch out now. God has sent his son and you in trouble, boy. That is not how the angels announced him. That's not it. Dear Lord, please help us get to 2 Kings 3. Look at this though. We'll, we'll, We'll read this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all somberness. No. Fill you with joy. 
Man, if you want to bust out laughing, I know, Keith, you and I are just meeting. You want to bust out laughing, you let at it, man. Let the God of joy be the God of joy in you. Sometimes we need to get our own heads out of the way, and the church has told us to get it in the way. No, no, no. We need to let God be God. It's those moments on the floor, a lot of times, laughing by the Holy Ghost, that the freedom of God floods a person. It's, a, it's there that he'll show you the plan to bring a million dollar idea. It's in those moments. When we get out of the way and we let the God of joy, the God of hope, be who he is. And it's a good God. You know that he says this, that he is, he's desiring Uh, We get in the way of this, but his desire, he doesn't withhold any good thing. Haven't we been taught that God's like, well, maybe I'll give it to you sometime. That's not God. He's not withholding any good thing. He's not withholding it. This is his heart. This is his nature. This is his character. Look at this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So now you just look at this right here and you tell me what is God's plan for us to have? Joy and peace. You know what that looks like? It just looks at rest. It looks at peace. It looks like there's no weight. This is the kind of thing that leads us uh, over into Scripture. I think it's Matthew chapter 8, where Jesus said, maybe Matthew 11, where Jesus says, look, if you're heavy laden, if you've got a lot of pressures and burdens on you, come to me. Because my yoke is easy. My burden's light. I'll give you rest. Now, how can he make that statement? Because the God of hope, wants to get joy and peace inside of us so that the weight of the world just falls off. That's the way we're supposed to live. Light, happy, happy. I like that song. Happy, happy, happy. Why? Because there's a touch of the Lord in it. He wants us happy, joyful, free. When you're carrying the weight of all the decisions, you're carrying the weight of all the mess, do you feel free? Isn't that anti-Jesus? Oh, well, now, so what we can do is we can look into that verse and we can start to see, look, if I'm not feeling the lightness of God, if I'm feeling the heaviness, that's a good symptom that something in my life is not touching God the way it's supposed to be. There's something in there that's not touching the Lord. Some time ago, um, I think it was last year, 2017, at the beginning of the year, uh, the Lord spoke to me. He said, you are not having any fun in ministry. And I want, this is what I was thinking on the inside. I don't think I said this out loud because we were in church and, you know. But I was thinking, you are right. I'm not. Like he didn't know that, you know. I'm not. He said, then just believe me that you will. I was like thinking, that's too simple. (laughs) That's too simple. He's like, 
And this, you know, he didn't actually say it, but I kind of felt it in my spirit. And he was like, that's right. You're making it complicated. And I went, doggone it. I know. I'm complicating it. You got simple joy and peace. And look at what it says, though. Uh, He wants to give us joy and peace in what? In believing. I wasn't believing for fun in ministry. I was believing for this stinks. People are irritating. And what? so that's what I was believing. What was I getting? Irritating people. I mean, they weren't irritating. I felt like they were irritating. It was all me. It wasn't you. <laughs> It was a combination of both. But I said, you know what? I said, I just need to turn my believing around. That's it. That's it. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Even our faith. This is the victory that overcomes the heaviness, even our faith. This is the victory that overcomes the sickness, even our faith. This is the victory that overcomes, you name it, it's our faith in a very hopeful, joyful peace-giving God. And so I just decided, I said, okay. I said, Lord, right now, I believe that I'm going to have fun. (laughs) I did it right, but that's how my flesh felt. I believe I'm going to start having fun. Instantly, as soon as I prayed that prayer, I felt part of that release. Two weeks later, I was having fun. Two weeks. I've been carrying that for years. I wasn't having fun. It was a, it was a heavy burden. It's like, I'm going to have fun. Man, I started having fun with it. Well, it's been fun ever since. What a relief. Now I can walk around. I just be happy. Doesn't matter what comes up. Just be happy. And what I did, though, and the Lord helped me, of course, but he helped me to see that you were carrying heavy, heavy and hard. Instead of easy and light. And I went, that helped me to see, all right, there's something of you that I'm not receiving in my life. All I've got to do is turn that around and receive who you are. And then all of a sudden it will be that way. And I'll put my faith in your direction. I'll put faith in believing. And you will give me joy and peace in believing. And things will start to turn around. That's exactly what happened. I found it to be so every single time. Every single time. That's who God is. Look at the rest of this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, he says this. May the God of peace, may the God of hope fill you. What's the will of God? To fill you. The will of God is to fill you. With all joy and peace that comes through believing. So that the end result will be that you abound in hope. Not by your own power. See, a lot of times it's like I've got to power my way to that hope. That hope is joy. That hope is confidence. That hope is expectation. And we try to like manhandle our way into hope. That's not how it goes. It's not our power. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. We simply believe on the price that Jesus paid and the power of the Holy Ghost will then come if we will get out of the way 
the power of the Holy Spirit will come and he will empower joy, confidence, and expectation. He'll empower hope in our lives. You know, we're supposed to be the kind of people, another scripture, we, we did a series called There is Hope. Another scripture says, says this, that you are supposed to be the kind of people that you are ready to give an account for the hope that is within you. And what does that look like? What, is, what does that look like? And let me show you. So, let, Chris, will you come here? So let's have Chris over here. And let's see him in the name of Jesus receive all joy and peace in believing and overflow in hope. And then all of a sudden, ta-da, there it is. Yeah. Doyle, will you come here? This is what Christian is supposed to look like. Now here's some guy. Here's some guy in the world. Not for real, we're just as an example. You're all right. Free them, Lord, in Jesus' name. We're going to get you free in a minute, okay? We're going to go meet somebody who's filled with the joy and peace. Amen. There's hope for you yet. Amen. Good. Glory to God. <laughs> so then all of a sudden, this Christian's over here. Now, just because he's a Christian, just because he's got a bunch of stuff, uh, joy and peace and hope, right? Just because he has those things in his life, that doesn't mean the devil's not going to try and come after him. Right. right? That doesn't mean that the devil's not going to try. The devil's going to try. That's just it. He's not going to succeed. Right. Amen? Amen? He's not going to succeed. Because yeah. even when the devil tries, he's, he knows what to do. He knows to put faith in God and the grace of Jesus Christ. And, and what's going to happen then is he doesn't lose the joy. He doesn't lose the hope. <laughs> Amen? He doesn't lose it. He's, he's an easy and light. Well, even this, now you've got co-worker who, who's of the world, and he's sitting there, and he's watching. And he doesn't even know sometimes. He doesn't even know that the co-worker's watching. But here's what the co-worker sees. He sees the devil sneak up, and he sees him try to attack him, right? I'm glad you didn't punch me. You got good reflexes. He sees him trying to attack him. And he sees that Christian filled with all joy and peace and believing just shrug off the devil's attack. And the devil fall away. He says, no, you're not going to mess with me. I got the, I got the God of hope. Amen. Then he sees the devil try to sneak up another way. <gasps> but he's not overcome by that. He keeps walking in that joy and peace. See, what the world is looking for, the world is looking for something genuine. The world is looking for something real. Yep. When they see situations like that, what ends up happening is the things the, devils are trying, the devil is trying to use against you actually starts yep. to become a witness. Yep. Yep. It starts to become, it starts to preach. It actually does God's work for him. Like He's not trying to do it, but God's like, I'll turn everything to good. I'll, I'll worry. If you will just walk in faith, if you'll just walk in joy and peace and believing, watch how I will turn things. No matter what the devil tries to steal, no matter what he tries to kill, no matter what he tries to destroy, you can't steal that peace in a believer who knows who God is. All of a sudden, this guy in the world, he's like, I need that. 
Like, I might not agree with everything that that church may say, but I ain't got that. I need some strength. I need some hope. I need some peace. I need some joy. And so he comes and the word says that you are supposed to be ready to give an account for the hope that is within you. Because our hope preaches. Our hope preaches to the world. And so now he'll come in and say, man, I don't know why you are able to act the way that you do. But there's a transference supposed to be made. Amen. Y'all did so good. Y'all did so good. But now watch this. All right. We're going to go back. You're, you're back in the world now. All right. You're back, Slith. All right. So, all right. <laughs> don't do that. Next time, don't do that. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. So then... Let's say there's a Christian, he goes to church, he amens every Sunday, but he doesn't live by it. The devil sneaks up. The devil eats his lunch. He doesn't know who God is. He doesn't know who he is in in God. This guy's like, well, he's just like the rest of us. He's like, what's he got? And then this guy, then this guy says, hey man, you got to go to church with me. And the worldly guy's going, why? Why? You know, this guy, this, this goes in not just in our joy and our peace, but also even in our finances and our health. If you are broke and busted and disgusted, what in the world is the world guy going to see hope in you? He's going to say, look, I can do better if I lie, cheat, and steal than you are. That's part of the reason why God wants to bless his people. He says that he will give his prosperity to uphold the covenant. To show that God has a covenant and an agreement with man. He wants to pour into their life, not just in their health, not just in getting to know him only. He, in the middle of that, by getting to know him, he also wants to put stuff in their hand. And so then, if we will learn to, to, all right, God, you are the God of hope, and I will live by that, and no matter what the devil tries to bring, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock it off, and I will live in the joy and the peace and the hope and the confidence of God, because he is the God of hope, right? Then all of a sudden, the guy in the world's like, man, I need that. I need that. Then let's say one time, a guy in the world, you know, because God is not mocked whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap, right? Is that like scripture? It's scripture. All right, that's the Holy Ghost. That's Jesus. So that goes both forward and backward. It goes positive and negative. You sow good things, good things will be reaped in your life. But you sow bad things, bad things will be reaped in your life. So man in the world doesn't know that. He's not living by those principles. So he's been sowing bad. Well, what's going to, he's going to start reaping in his life? Bad. Guess what? The wages of sin is death. It always comes with a penalty. It comes, it comes with a weight. And all of a sudden, he sows that stuff in his life. It's not going to be too long where he's going to be beat up. He's not going to have any hope, any joy, any of that. It's all going to be there. Uh, truth of the matter is, that's also the way the devil will steal some of, some of his money, everything like that. Let's say he's sitting there, and uh, all of a sudden, he, he needs $50 to pay his light bill. 
Now, the believer that doesn't believe in God, he's sitting there, no, God won't provide, he just wants to keep me broke. If he believes that, which is anti-Bible, basically he's going to be sitting there, man, I can't help you. Well, Jesus said, look, don't just let them ask for a drink of water and say, I'll be praying for you. He says, give them the water. And in in, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it says that God wants to move us from our sowing, from our giving, into abundance for every good work. In other words, this guy's supposed to be overflowing in abundance so that when he needs that, he says, hey, here it is. Amen. He says, hey, here it is. I've got an overflow. And this guy goes, why do you, why are you have this life going so good? And this guy knows he's ready to give an account for the hope that's within him. It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. I know the world might have taught you that God's up there with the thunderbolt. But that's not who God is. Let me tell you who God is. He's not sitting in heaven like the school teacher with a big long ruler that reaches to earth ready to pop your hand. He's sitting up there looking, how can I bless people? How can I bless them? All of a sudden, this guy's prepared because he's living hope. This guy sees the hope. Ask him why he has the hope. And this guy says, let me tell you, it's all about Jesus. That's the plan that God has. Thank you, fellas. Now look at this over in Luke chapter 2. I guess 3 Kings will be some other time. Luke chapter 2. Now what you have here... 3 Kings. We're going to Luke chapter 2. Did I say 3 Kings? 2 Kings 3. We'll get there sometime. Third Kings might take us a while. (laughs) Look at verse uh, 8. Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. Now all of a sudden Jesus, whose name was Emmanuel, which meant God with us. His name was Emmanuel, which meant God with us. He comes into the world, and as he comes into the world, the angels meet the shepherds and announce the message that God sent them to give. I want you to watch this message, because this is not a stinky message. This is a great message. Let's see what the message was from the throne room of God, from the lips of God to all mankind about the coming of Jesus. Let's see what he says. Verse 8. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. Something bigger than me has done happened in this field. And they were like, I'm scared. I'm scared. But then the angel says this. Do not be afraid. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news. I bring you good news. Not sad news. Not bitter news. It's good news. You know, today, the message of Jesus is still good news. 
It has never changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's still good news. Haven't some of us in the church heard it preached almost as bad news? Yeah, I have. I've seen people standing on corners telling me how bad the news was. They ain't preaching the news that that God said. It's not the way it works. Now, listen, God's not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. He did give us some instruction, and what he said does come true. So we don't need to just walk out there and do whatever we think we should do. We should give ourselves to a loving God because he is filled with good news. The angel said, good news. He said, I bring good news of what? Great joy. Not just joy, great joy. Joy is supposed to be something that we walk in all the time. It's supposed to be good news. We're supposed to think about Jesus. Oh, this is so funny. We're supposed to think about Jesus and joy is supposed to be part of the product of our thoughts. But man, let me tell you, and I've been this place too, trust me. I was like this just a few weeks ago. I told everybody I was here. I, I said, this morning I woke up and I did not feel like being here. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever had a time, and uh, you don't have to amen this too much, but have you ever had a time when you woke up and you thought about going to worship Jesus at church and, and great joy did not flood you? Yep. You ever had those moments besides me? But see, that's just a symptom that something's not right in our life. Something's wrong. We ought to be excited about being here. We ought to be excited about worshiping Him. Why? Because it's good news of great joy. In other words, if we don't see the good and we don't see the joy, we're missing something in the picture. There's something between what's actually going on and what we're receiving that's not the same. But see, when we actually see what God has declared and what He has for us, it becomes good to us. And joy, oh, joy, I mean, it's exciting to us. That's the way it is. And it's never been different. It's only been viewed differently. Great example of that is the Pharisees. The Word says that the Pharisees searched the Scriptures. One translation said they searched daily. And what were they looking for? They were looking for the Messiah. They were looking for Jesus in the scriptures. They were looking for him, right? They were looking for him. Jesus shows up on the scene. And the Pharisees didn't even see him. Even though he was the Son of God. They completely missed him. It's a great picture of how there can be good news of great joy, but we don't even see it. Doesn't mean it's not there. Doesn't mean it's not real. It means that something in our heart has hardened to the point where we can't even see it anymore. I'm calling for that to break off of your life today. That you see him for who he is. That he is good news of great joy for all the people. Look, keep on reading this. He says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Everyone, even the ones who are just stuck in sin. 
Even the ones who are doing it on purpose. The good news and the great joy is for all people. All they have to do is just turn towards him, unharden their heart, see him and receive him, and they'll step right into it. And if you have been in that place, maybe you've received him before, but you still sometimes have not seen him as good news, great joy, then you've got to say, Lord, help me see whatever it is, whatever blinders are in the way, and because I'm supposed to be seeing that, because I'm supposed to be a carrier of the hope of God. You are awesome, Father. Then he says this, for today... In the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace among men with whom he is pleased. They said, Let God get the glory. And let peace, didn't he already announce great joy? Now hadn't he announced peace? Didn't we see? See, this is another scripture that shows you've got two witnesses that God's purpose in sending Jesus was to bring joy and peace to people. And it was to every people, right? It was to every one of the people. And then not only that, he doesn't just say that. He says, with men, with men, with humanity, with whom he's pleased. I thought he was throwing thunderbolts. I thought he had the big ruler. No, no. He says, look, I'm now pleased with men because my son is on the scene. And he fixed the problem where men were sinners, where men couldn't help themselves, where men and mankind was enemies. He fixed all that. Now, does that mean that we can't mess up? No, that doesn't mean that at all. It just means that if we'll simply turn to him, he'll help us fix our mess ups and start walking in the places where good news of great joy and peace can now manifest in our lives. And then we will become carriers of good news and great joy. And we will pass by people in the world that need good news of great joy and peace. And some of that will overflow onto them. Jesus said it like this. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come that you might have life. In the Amplified, this is John 10.10. 10. is in the Amplified, it says this. It says, that I am come that you might have life and have it to the full till it overflows. Because we're designed to be carriers of good news, of great joy, of peace that fills us up. And it doesn't just fill us to the brim. It just makes a mess of goodness, a mess of the joy, a mess of the peace. I mean, just peace, joy, hope. It runs everywhere. That's the design from God himself. So we have to ask the question. That's the picture. If I'm not seeing the picture, I haven't seen the picture. It's got to be something in me that's blinding my sight to the good news of Christ. And that's the moment when you say, okay, Lord, let your word be true and every man a liar. And right now, what you've defined, I'm not seeing. That means that something in me is lying to me about who you are. But I receive what you said more than what I see. 
That same thing is what caused Peter to walk on the water and do the miraculous because he heard and he looked at what Jesus said over what he could see. But notice, he didn't live like that for the rest of his life. Just a few seconds later, he turned his approach and he stopped looking at what Jesus said and he started looking at what he could see with his eyes and he started to sink. We can fall into that same trap, but today all of that can change because you can decide, I'm going to walk in the joy of the Lord. I'm going to walk in his presence. I'm going to walk in easy and light. I'm going to receive God for who he is. I might not be able to see it right now, but I will see it because he said it was so. Lord, you're going to help me get all that junk out of the way. You're going to help me to be who you've called me to be. And I will see the glory of God. And I will walk with it. I will carry it. I will fulfill what you've called me to be. And I will be the son or the daughter of God most high. I am a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I'm called to do these things. And I won't let it go. I will go after you. I will be that person. In Jesus name.